Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift for our first preview of the season. Milano San Remo 2023, my favorite race in cycling. <laughs> Not actually being sarcastic, it's my favorite race. If you watch from 300Ks to go, that is on you this show as always is presented by zwift if you want to get the best value direct drive trainer or any trainer on the market the zwift hub is your best companion the easiest way to start zwifting unbox unlock virtual worlds and crush your fitness goals from 4.99 over half the or less than half the price of other direct drive trainers on the market a class leader go and check out the Zwift Hub through the link down below for that full immersion feel that you can train on the trainer in your home. Thanks to Zwift, as always, for supporting the show. Sanremo, Benji, you don't share my enthusiasm or you just kind of mildly like it. The best race in cycling is like, that's a, to- a top-tier list, mate. So mine's probably Roubaix. I think I always look forward to Roubaix. I'm always looking forward to when they go to Trouet-Arenberg, the gate to hell. When it all opens up, I've, I bloody love Paris-Roubaix. And when it comes to San Remo, I sometimes feel like afterwards I'm disappointed. And maybe that's because I'm rooting for a certain rider that didn't win, which is a thing. Well, then again, when Nibali won, I was pretty happy. So then it was Are the best race. You to last year. Like you felt like we were denied a battle between Van der Poel, Pogacar yes. and Van Aert. Is that what you're referring to? I'm referring to that. I will say Mohoric's victory, he deserved that victory the way he wrote it. But mm. I would have loved... Oh, 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 conspiracy? Well, tell me. Not tell conspiracy. Me. He won because of motorbikes. Okay. Not the drop seat. <laughs> well, but I... It, you know the motorbikes are going to be there. <laughs> They're yeah. going to be there. So, yeah. as you said, he deserves it for being smart. Exactly. Now, I do wish there was more of like a battle after the Pajo because the second that Mohoric was at the bottom, I felt like you had won. I didn't feel like there was a tension anymore. And if we have that tension until the finish line, that's a different thing to me. That's a, a much more intense race. And I hope we have that this year where it really comes down to the wire at the end. And uh, God, I actually look forward to San Remo, but it's definitely not my my top race of the season. It's... 45 minutes must tune in TV to me, particularly with the UAE on the Chapressa last year. They were very aggressive. To remind you of the route, although it doesn't change, that's why I also like it. It's 300Ks long, but it's starting in Abiati. So it did change. Is that a big change? <laughs> okay, not really. <laughs> I used to get the tram. I used to get the Abiate Grasso tram, Benji, when I, if you don't know, I, I studied in Milan, darling. Um, back in the day when I was at uni and um Abiata Grasso, yeah, it's not Milan, that's for sure. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> why why are they starting in there instead of in the heart of Milan? Well it turns out Venny said something along the lines of in recent years we have never encountered a great passion from the Institutes of Milan <laughs> for the start of this race. And if you don't know Venny is like the boss of RCS. What does passion mean? <laughs> I don't know. Money. Money. <laughs> <laughs> Financial passion, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, then he, then he then he said he thought about the fact that Paris-Roubaix doesn't actually start in Paris since 1970. So it was like, maybe we should change that because obviously not enough financial passion in Milan. So Abiate Grasso has money? I mean, sure, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I went to get some homewares there. But yeah, it's going to start there. It doesn't change absolutely anything. I think there's also, they wanted to do the team presentation the day before. And like I think RVV does and Milan wouldn't let them. And I think that's some passion lost there. So they want to do the presentation (laughs) the day before. So it's, they have the Paso del Turquino, which is at 144 k's to go that crest. That's like false flight drag on the highway. 
big ring, no worries. Then they're flat on the coast again. And then they hit the Capo with about 60, 65 Ks to go, the Capo Mele. Again, there will be no moves on these climbs. The break will still be up the road. The race begins in the run into the Cipressa from about 45 Ks to go out. And then they do the Cipressa, which is the longer of the two climbs, descent, again, flat coastal road before the Poggio, which is not a hard climb, like I think 3.7Ks at 3.7%, but there is a steeper section in the last kilometre of the climb, and there is a flatter section in the middle of it. Short descent before like 3 kilometres of flat, maybe even 2.5 kilometres of flat uh, in the on the Via San Remo or Via Roma rather. So never changes. Technical descent, or as technical as you can make it yep. uh, on the back end, but power is important too. Anything you got to say on the route, Benji? I like the route. I like it. Don't change I it. I like it as well. I have one question. A lot of people are like talking about the length of races. Would Milano San Remo turn out differently if it was 120 kilometers with the, the last 120 kilometers being the same? I think the pros say it would be different. Um, and we think, oh, but you're just riding along at 100 watts beforehand. But I think they say it would be different. I don't know. Is it uh, attentiveness? I like Maybe Pardon. they get so bored that they don't react on time on the last two climbs. <laughs> well, Van der Poel doesn't like the race, right? He gets bored. Peterson too. Before. And Van der Poel's entered Poggio in, posi- in bad position every year, except last year when it was a smaller group. He's yep. generally entered in bad position when it's been in a, a bigger group. But this whole race, the Cipressa is... So the last sprinter to win was, I think, Damar in 2016 and then Degenkolb in 2015 and then Christoph, then Chiolek. So they they were the sprinters. But since then, yeah. it's been uh, Nibali, Solo, Kwiatkowski, group of three, Van Aert, group of two, Morris, descent, Sturven, actually a descent attack. He was still on the descent. The sprinters haven't won in over five years, Benji. I don't see that changing this year. Agreed. I don't see that changing either. I would, however, say that I think the Nibali one might have been a bit of a, an exception to the list. I'm a Nibali fan, a hardcore Nibali fan, but I feel like he got lucky with the response that the Peloton had on his attack because nobody responded until it was too late. And maybe that's a bit of an exception where on the others, the punches of Kierkowski and so forth with that groove that got away was so strong that the rest couldn't respond. And I feel like we might have that scenario this time around where... We have attacks that might not be, well, followable for a lot of riders. And we've got a lot of riders that can do those moves. We'll go into them in a second, but you already know that a Pogacar is here, that a Vanard is here at relatively decent form. He seems to have grown into Reno and so forth. And those attacks will come from those riders. And I feel like MSR often comes around towards the, uh, towards the bottom or towards the descent of the Poggio. And it feels like... The group dynamic is essential to how this race is won. No? Yeah, and even on the Poggio, like you said with Nibali's victory, you know, why were Bora Hansgrohe attacking with Marcus Burkhardt with Sagan as one of the favourites? And then when Nibali goes, Sagan has he has to wait ages for Daniel Oss to chase, and then Daniel Oss ch- drops Sagan off the wheel, and it's just a mess from Bora Hansgrohe. And so there's also, if you, there's no room for error. There's no, like... Oh well, Sep's entered a you know Sep Kuss has entered Haltecam in slightly bad position, but there's 35 minutes for him to move up to do yep. his job later. If you, split seconds mistake mistakes or decisions can completely change this race. As with Moritz last year on the descent, Van der Poel makes as if he's going to follow, yeah, and then the gap opens from Poggy's wheel, and then Van der Poel looks at wow. Morich gets into the moto draft and goes full gas, race over. Two split second decision, race. So split the second decisions are important. Positioning is key on both the Cipressa and the Poggio. Yes. Our conclusions already, because if you're not in the top 20 riders, you're going to spend so much energy getting into a certain position to be able to Roglic compete for this year. race. Yeah, Roglic last year was a rider that turned onto the Cipressa and the Poggio in a position that was not really competitive and spent so much energy moving to the front that he basically couldn't get over the Poggio anymore. Yeah. Now, there's a third one I want to throw in. How important is the wind direction on the Poggio? 
Well, if you ask Tadej Pogacar last year before the Poggio, not important at all because he attacked into a headwind, I think, a few times um, <laughs> and ruined his race. But it is hugely important. We're talking 3% average, 3.5% average. And where they're attacking, where Alaphilippe has chosen to attack, it is steeper than that. But they're still in the big ring. And if you're attacking earlier than that, the draft and the wind direction is even more important. Obviously, tailwind favors attackers. A strong headwind favors the group staying together, like we saw on the Sassateto climb in Tirreno the other day. And we're more likely to have a sprint scenario. Uh, but I would... That is the common logic, but there is also the reality which we saw on Sassateto is if a rider through tactics, through mistakes or whatever gets a gap that is not quickly bridgeable and it's a headwind and there are not teammates to ride hard into the headwind and it's yeah. just Van der Poel, Pogaccio or Alaphilippe looking at each other, they're even more disincentivized to begin chasing with their nose in the wind. Yep. with a headwind that can also happen too so just because there's a bit of a headwind here or there doesn't mean there will be no attacks but tailwind favors an attacker going all the way so the early predictions i checked again this morning i checked yesterday are still that it's a wind that blows into the northeast uh, southwest direction which is the direction that the race goes into basically towards the pojo on the pojo they turn the opposite direction for a tiny bit at the start and then go backwards again with the tailwind behind them for the majority of the rest of the climb. So the last half of the climb and the descent and the flat part afterwards is the same direction. So Telwood would favor riders attacking in the second half of the Pajo and in the flat part after the Pajo, right? Even if there is a tailwind or whatever wind, you really, if you are a top favorite, attacking in the first half of the Pajo is the best way to ruin your race. Um, you really should wait to the final, yeah, 700, 800 minutes. Where Sir and Cryer attacked last year is the yep. best place to attack, and he timed that to perfection. Other riders like Moritz and Sturvin, they're trying to follow, they're trying to stay in the draft, they're trying to smooth their power as much as possible. But we're going to get into the teams now in a second, starting with UAE, who I think will define this race. But if you want to watch Milano San Remo this Saturday, the best place to watch is GCN+. Plus. We can bring you a special 15% discount on an annual GCN Plus subscription for listeners in selected territories. You can watch the race live. You can watch on delay. You can watch the highlight packages, short or extended, available anytime on any screen so you don't need to miss a thing. Gone are the days of having to watch through ad, ad breaks on TV. If you want to watch all 300Ks of MSR, ad-free. <laughs> You can on GCM Plus. It's for the hardcore cycling fans like we know you listeners are, and you can get a 15% off through the GCM Plus LRCP link down below. Are you going to watch all 300Ks, Benji? I bet you will. You'll be tweeting. You'll say no. You'll say no here, but I know you I know you watch. Like maybe Two years ago, eye. I watched most of it last year, but I don't know. I probably won't watch it completely, but I will be caught on Zwift during that time at some point because I need to keep up my races or my training. So uh, that's something I'll be doing uh, while the race is ongoing, that's for sure. UAE, one of the confirmed teams, ridiculous team. Well, not ridiculous. Like Kovi, Groschartner, Pagacha, Ulisi, Formolo, Trenton, Novak. They have brought a Lombardia team to Milano San Remo. And when you see that team list... Doesn't even have a Rui Oliveira. Doesn't even have... Wellens. Wellens. That doesn't surprise me. He's already raced a shitload. But Oh, okay. It kind of did for he me. Went, he did Andalusia. He did Strada. He did um, Paranese having to drive from Strada directly. I'm not surprised if he's a little bit fried, actually. Yeah. Um, That's definitely an option. I was just I was just feeling like he would be an ideal rider to still be in this race. But then again, the classics are coming, hard. so... He needs that pause probably before they get to the classic. So that's understandable. I wanna I wanna talk about the mistakes they made last year because they had a very specific strategy last year where they started pacing early on in the race on the Cipresa. And they did so really hard to the point that the Peloton cracked in pieces at the top. We had a smaller group going over the top towards the Pajo and a smaller group reached the Pajo, where they continued pacing and Pogacar started attacking early into the headwind. And obviously that's not ideal, but what are the main mistakes you see there? Do you think it was a mistake to start pacing early? I think teams still 
overrate the threat of sprinters in this race. I know Ewan was like literally with the best eight guys on Poggio in 2021, and maybe that played into the minds in 2022. He wasn't there, eh? right? He wasn't there. But but like I think if you pace the Chipressa full gas, you don't need to pace the valley in between. I think even if the sprinters come back, they're still, by the time they get to the group, by the time they set up the lead outs for the Poggio, they're not going to make it and they're going to have spent their bickies before the Poggio. Um, so I don't, what they did last year is when they they spent Formula on Chipressa full and I think the team is better last year. If I have a look at the changes, if PCS will load, last year they had Gibbons, Palance, Troyer. And so they've subbed in Groschartner, Trentin, and Novak. someone else. Um, Novak. The team is better this year. They need more riders getting over the Chipressa. Formula and Ulysse is not enough. If you're going to have Formula pace the Valley, that was a mistake because then Laporte starts pacing Poggio. They can't even do a lead out into the base of Poggio. Ulysse has got to move up. He spends all his energy moving up in the wind. He gets to the front, does like a 25-second pull, and then Poggy attacks the way on the wheel and does it five times from the base. Do you think the reason that they pay so much was not necessarily for the pure sprinters, but for the Mets Petersons of the world, who still ended up being maybe competitive in the end, regardless of that pacing having happened? Then again, maybe the fact that the Poggio was less explosive than the Cipressa in the sense of UAE pacing. Obviously, it was still explosive for the tax the entire way through, but you know what I mean, eh? Maybe that's the reason that Peterson held on in the sense that if they if they pace on the Cipressa and they pace at the start of the Poggio and they launch Pogaccio on the steepest part of the Poggio, that sounds like a more reasonable strategy to get rid of the Petersons of the world, right? I think so, because if you do pace the Poggio hard and the race has been reasonably hard on Cipressa before and he goes on 6-8%, they can't react. And maybe Wout will... Maybe Alaphilippe will, um, but Pedersons can't. Maybe Delee will. I don't know. He's nothing would surprise me to be honest. But <laughs> they need to bring Pagacha this year deeper into the Poggio before he attacks for the first time. That's key because, yeah, he he cannot do the whole Poggio on his own with Vanard or Alaphilippe or Van der Poel in the wheel. That even no matter how good Pagacha is, that's not the best way to do it. And I think the team is much better this year. And I would still expect them to blow up uh, on the Chipressa as hard as possible. I would probably use Groschartner there, actually, um, because the he's not. Yeah, because it's a bit steeper, it's a bit longer. And I think you want someone like Formolino and Ulisi, uh, even Covey on the Poggio, even Novak's a little bit bigger um, than a pure climber. Because who does the early slopes of Poggio in previous years? Ganna? Van Bala, Morich, Nibli one, bigger units. Yep, that's true. But I, I'm not sure about Kovi recently. As in, at Tireno, he was true. coming out, coming into the finish line behind the Gruppetto and so forth. So that's not shining great form to me, even though he was pretty strong in the earlier part of the season. Now, when it comes to Milano Sanremo, maybe he's back. We don't know that, but he just hasn't proven it to me that he will be at the Poggio in the first place if the pace hard on the Cipressa. And last year, I feel like we were also surprised how early Kovi was gone in this race. Now, I would say we need to talk about the scenarios in which Pogacar can win because I feel like he can win in most scenarios, right? As in, let's say we've got a scenario where he attacks away with an Alaphilippe and a Vinat. He can win from that scenario. Yeah. If he goes solo, he can win from that scenario. No. If he's in a larger group... Caught on descent, always. Solo? I don't see him making it solo. He can win that way. He can win that way. Okay, I get that. He well, if he gets called by others, he can still do it from the group. But then again, the group dynamic is one where I'm scared for Pogacar. Because let's say there's ten riders over the Poggio, then it becomes difficult because then you're looking at what the group formation is like. If there's teams with two riders, then they will start rolling attacks most likely. Unless they have this fastest sprinter in the group, right? Well, that's what I've been thinking about. You know, say you get Tratnik over the top with Van Aert. Yeah. Do you roll attacks? Do you start doing a lead out? If you've got Ewan and Delee in the group, 
you can't do a lead out. Yeah. If you, but it takes a long time to really figure out who's in the group and what even in on the Poggio descent, what is a group? Sort of a um, does what the cat exist? Metaphysical question. What is a group on a Poggio descent? Um, put that on a t-shirt because <laughs> <laughs> people come back very quickly. You don't, you don't know. You got to react on the road. I mean, yeah, I see. UAE to me is clear. Pace depressor hard. Pace Poggio hard. Launch launch Poggy on hard section. Best case, he goes clear. Win solo, medium case he goes with a Van Art, Van der Poel, Alaphilippe, or whatever small group win sprint. You know that's clear to me, uh, and that'll be UAE's strategy. I don't, I don't see any other way. Uh, but he is joint favourite with well, Van Art yep. of Jumbo Visma, who's bringing a similar team to last year. Laporte, uh, Affini, Van Hoydonk, and Van Emden will do the dirty work early. New additions: Volta, who's been very good. So far this year from FDJ and Jan Tratnik, who made Group One last year in Milan San Remo, when Morich won. In a, both of those guys, just beautiful. If you want to watch people hiding on Poggio in the draft, smooth power, like beautiful the way those two guys rode on Poggio ascent. Um, how does Wout Van Aert win this race? I think it is the way we just said when it comes to Pogacar's weakness being. If there's other teams with two riders in the group, I feel like Wildfinal's biggest chance of winning is is being in a group where he has a teammate over the top. Because let's say he gets over the top with Vanderpool and with Alaphilippe and with Pogacar in a group of four, I'm not really betting my money on Van Aert in a four-up sprint. While I feel like he's got more of a chance in a larger group sprint if the speed is high going into the sprint, or by rolling attacks, but then it's a team thing, eh? Then Wout van Aert will probably not be the first one attacking, then Tratnik probably will, no? Tratnik or Laporte, if Laporte makes it over. I think pacing hard with... I think Jumbo Visma should... Obviously, everyone wants to enter Poggio first wheel. Yeah. And you should. You should. So, Afini or whoever's got to do the lead out, probably be Van Hoydonk if Afini does the lead out into the Chepressa. Because Jumbo entered Chepressa first wheel last year, paced with Van der Sander, then UAE came at the top, did their thing. But you got to enter it, both climbs in good position. You enter at like 55 kph. Then Van Hoydonk, I think, should pull base of Poggio as long as he can. But you know what's going to happen. UAE going to come over the top. I don't think Yumbo should do a 1, 2, 3, 4 lead out for Van Aert on Poggio, isolating no. him. I think because what's going to happen is he's going to bring those guys with him that you just mentioned. And he's going to be isolated. Year? Yeah, last year might happen again in a scenario where he's alone in a group and they're going to be looking at him to chase together with people looking at Peterson to chase together with people looking at Vanderpool to chase you and Mohoric will ride off into the sunset or someone else or a certain Granderson, whatever. Yep. You know? Sturvin, even, like yep. he did in 2021. So, yeah, I think if if he follows the move of Pogacar and that move goes clear... And he's just sitting in Pogacar's wheel and they're clear after they get to the top. So be it. That's fine. I don't think he should. But yeah, I wouldn't burn the team unnecessarily because as you said, a high-speed sprint or even honestly Cancellara style like in 2008 is is a way that Van Aert can Ganna. win. Well, now that a very neat segue from you, Benji, professional podcaster, Ineos Grenadiers. <laughs> we just had the unfortunate news that Tom Pidcock will be out for definitely for San Remo, but for a few weeks, I think, because of a concussion. Presented the concussion protocol at Ineos because of the from the crash he sustained in Tirreno. Yeah, and so that means the Italians finally have their their want, Benji. MSR leader well. Ghana. Yes, but I feel like last year he also had somewhat of a freedom, but he didn't really end up being able to use it. Now, his climbing this year, Gana, has been on point. Eh? His climbing is good enough to get over the Cipressa and the Poggio, in my opinion, but his positioning will be key, right? I feel That's like Gana can thing. get over the Poggio. That Tirreno video, you know, the one of doing the rounds with, in the crosswinds? Yeah. Where it's like, oh my God, look at Filippo Gana bridging up to the Yumbo Visma group in the crosswinds. The real question is, why the fuck is the race leader last wheel going into a crosswind section? Yes. <laughs> That's the actual question that you should be asking. And of course, it came back because crosswinds are illegal in Italy. And I think yep. then you find Jumbo Visma for that. 
but <laughs> and and so Gunner was allowed to come back. Never attack the the leader in a, in the crosswinds in Italy. That's just wrong. But your presser Poggio, you can do whatever what you want. If you enter Chipresser in bad position and it splits, you're in a, you're in a bad place. If you enter Poggio in, in bad position. Not much you can do because when the guys kick the top guys kick it off on the steep bit, you're having to bridge fifty meters. We saw yeah. Van der Poel in twenty one, was it when he was in the Dutch jersey? He was in dog yeah. shit position. He closed Van Aert once, but then he was done. Yeah, for certain. Nothing. I swear that in that edition, he had like ten seconds where he was already in a sprinting mode before yeah. people attacked on the Pojo. So. You're basically burning a match before you get to the point where people will be burning a match to drop you in the first place. So he didn't have the attack anymore to make anything happen. So you end up in a group where you can't attack from. And uh, the scenario was written of that year. But I, I do feel like Gannel's an outsider for this race. I don't know why, but something in my head says the man can get over to Pajo. If you can, you can do Steven. Yeah, for sure. And that where Steven attacked is just the end of the Poggio descent before they hit the onto the Via Roma. And it's like a straight line and a big guy can big ring, get away like that. Um, and really, really hard to bring back, especially if they get into the motorbikes a little bit. But they also have a former winner, Kwiatkowski will be lining up, but that those days are a little bit gone. I mean, yeah. He won Amstel last year, but their team is I mean, isn't the full team's not announced. I don't know if Sheffield is going or not. I don't know if he crashed recently. Uh Turner's out injured. I know Tarling's not doing it. Hater is doing uh, Catalonia, yeah. I believe. Positioning-wise, so it would be it. troublesome as well. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> Ghana gets his chance. Let's see how he goes. Yeah. Um, previous winner last year, Morich brings a team of, I think, uh, Pascalon, Bilbao, Caruso. Caruso was there after the Poggio in that group. He was there in the Poggio group too, but he just didn't doesn't have the kick to respond to the really severe attacks and maybe not the descending. Um, Bilbao's also very consistent. Wouldn't be surprised to see him in the wheels, but they've lost Tratnik. Not that he really did too much, I don't think, for Morris. Maybe last position Mohoric on the, on the Poggio? Poggio, like brought help gaps come back. Maybe. Didn't see it. They win this. It has to be the same way. Morich getting away in a pause either on the descent or after the descent. And he did the same in 2019. Van Aert brought Trent in back. This is with 1K to go on the flat. And then Morich countered, but our fleet closed him down. So that's how Morich is going to try and win this race. Yes. There's one thing that we need to add when it comes to Bahrain. Jonathan Milan, he's a rider that climbed good at the start of the season, looked a bit weaker in recent weeks, I would say, than his initial form of the year. Is it the kind of rider that can make it to the second group in Sanremo? I think that's possible, but positioning will be key. But yeah, the race doesn't start in Milano anymore. So my theory that he can win the race because it starts in Milano doesn't work anymore. So he has no chance of winning anymore. So And his positioning. That's also uh, my fear. Yeah. But in an ideal world for them, he's the guy that stays behind while Mohoric is trying to attack away. Eh? Maybe. In reality... They will use him to do the lead out for Morich before the Poggio or before the I think so. I bet I you. think so. Um, EF, Education Easy Post, they have, when you look at the five riders on the provisional start list, we won't know who's in their team until maybe we get just off the descent of the Paso del Turquino. Um, but for now, Paulus, Court, Betiol, Honore, Piccolo, they're all five riders. You could say, oh, they could get over the Poggio. They, they could. They could. Um, yeah. And that's my answer. They could, pal. You know, they're all these outsiders, but I don't really yeah. see see uh, a path. Uh, Jacob Alula lost Matthews, who's podiumed Milano Sanremo before. So I think Stiebar will kind of have a free role, but he's been better in the past as a domestic closing attacks on the early Poggio. So I don't, for Jacob, not too many chances. Quick step, Alaphilippe, though, Benji. Previous winner in 2019, second in 2020. Uh, what happened last year? Did he start? I don't remember. Generally, I don't think he started. Testing my memory. He did not. <laughs> Why is that? Like Half the field didn't start yet last year, remember? <laughs> was it COVID or something? I don't remember. That being said, when it comes to Alaphilippe this year, I feel like he started off well with those French classics. We had, was it Full Nardege or the other one? I don't, I can't, I can't. One of them. 
their names are basically the same. So let's let's <laughs> say that he won one and was relatively meh on the other one. And then yeah. in the other race of the season, he was pretty meh so far. And again on Tortoretto, he was pretty strong, getting second on the Tortoretto stage behind Roglic, despite attacking early. I feel like he's definitely going to be in the first group on the Pajo. The question is, how small is that group? And what can he do from that group? Because can he follow a Pogacar's attack on the Poggio? I believe he can in the current form. Am I overrating his current form? Uh, I think in the right wheel, in the right position, having conserved, he can follow, yeah. If if the draft is so important that Poggy's going to have to be doing so much more, I think the difference between what we're discussing here is you think about 2020, before the race, everyone wants to be on Alaphilippe's wheel. Everyone on, yeah. everyone knows Alaphilippe's going to jump on the steep part of the Poggio. you got to be on his wheel. He dropped Van Aert in 2020 yeah. on the Poggio. Van Aert caught him on the descent. He put four seconds into him, even though Van Aert was in the wheel. I don't see that. I don't, no. I don't see that. No. The reason he gapped out uh, Wout Van Aert in Torreno was because I think Van Aert was like, why the hell are you attacking with 40Ks left? It wasn't because he couldn't respond yeah. immediately. And even in the flat sprint, I don't see that same sprint on the flat right at this moment. I could be yep. wrong. I've, I've underrated athlete before, but I think he will just be trying to follow. And then who knows? To be honest, I think he and Van Aert should try and drop Poggy and um, Van Der Poel on the descent. I think Van Der Poel's descending is not actually that good. Ah, um, I disagree. He, he, I see he loses wheels. He lost Lamrise's wheel in the Giro last year. But he's a Maybe daredevil. He... And that makes up for mistakes in corners, mm. I would say. Because, like, for he's example, the Trevilio descent in the in the Lombardia where Remco crashed, Nibali and Vanderpool were behind. And I'm pretty sure that Vanderpool rode a faster descent than Nibali, who but they were both fighting for the fastest descent of that day. So I feel like, nah, I'm not 100% on board of that. Of the Poggy, I think they can drop him on the descent. Uh, actually, I think he. Mortage if did. you get him at the right moment, and if you get the, if you get the motorbike draft, anything is possible. But yeah, uh, Lampart Seneschal will be setting up Alaphilippe. Mauro Schmidt, watch. We don't know. Um, she should be here. He should be. <laughs> he should be but... everywhere, but he's nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or Bagioli, uh, Italian sort of one day rider. You would think he would be here too. Like on paper, San Remo suits him. So. Assume Bagioli would be here, but I don't see him um, having that snap to respond to the big attacks. Uh, Trek Segafredo Pedersen really suits the race. Kirsch helping, and obviously Sturvin's a former winner. Again, they should try and get two guys over the Poggio. Sturvin attack. Pedersen sit in. Pretty straightforward, I think, for them. I agree. I think that's pretty straightforward. And ideally, they get over the Poggio with two riders as well. Because on paper, if they get over the podge when Ewan is dropped and Adelie is dropped, then Peterson is probably the fastest rider in the group on paper, I would say. But then again, his sprint last year at the end of the race wasn't that amazing either. So I don't know what to expect there, but I feel like that's a scenario they want. Getting over the podge with two riders, Stuyven can attack, Peterson stays behind, and he can have the sprint if Stuyven gets caught. If there's an attacking happening, Stuyven needs to ride for Peterson, of course. So that's a scenario there. But I would say... When it comes to Alpeson, we spoke about Vanderpool quite a bit. Søren Kralnesson was the fastest attacker last year. The, the best attacker on the best moment, the most powerful attack, in my opinion, was last year, Søren Kralnesson on the Pajo. Now, not a great start to the season, but I feel like he looked good in stage 8 of Pyrenees because I feel like he dropped late and finished like 12th or, or something or 13th in that race. So that suggests that he's going into form relatively nicely towards MSR. But he's not the only guy there. I feel like Kronderson has the opportunity to win in the same shape that Stuyven did. He nearly won that year. Nearly. Nearly doesn't buy you anything, of course. Philipson, one of the best sprinters in the world. Rumored to be there as well for Alpeson. Well, I don't believe he's going to get over the Pajo in the first group. Nor in the group of, like, Adali. No, Chipressa. That Chipressa is going to get put under a lot of pressure and then yep. Alperson can't afford to drop riders back to help him. If you have Van Der Poel, Hermans and Kryanus in the front group, it's too bad, so sad for Phillips. <laughs> too two. bad, so sad. That's a great but Yeah, they've got three options, right? They have the attacker, pure attacker, Soren Kry can't win a sprint. They have the 
attacker, puncher, can win a small sprint, Vanderpool, and they have the pure sprinter, the best sprinter in the world overall, Philipson two behind. So they have three genuine options. How they work together, I'm not sure. I think in reality, Philipson's going to get put on a way too much pressure. Yeah. What about Hermans? Because he's also rumored to be at MSR, but he hasn't really showed himself this year yet. So I don't know what to expect from the guy. But last year's form would suggest that he gets over the Pajo with a group. I would say with a group. Well, every rider gets over the Pajo with a group, <laughs> unless you're like last behind a Gruppetto. Are you? I got no idea. Am I? Am I crazy in the sense that I would have enjoyed seeing Axel Oranz being here for Alpecin? Um, who was? Who got like the source for Axel Laurence when people remember when it's like eight world tour teams going to sign him and he takes a dev? It's like, really? He took Alperson dev over Ineos world tour contract. Get the fuck out of here. I have a direct source confirmation that Quickstep was interested and didn't uh, get it because of money. I mean, I'm sure A list celebrities are interested in me, but. Until I see something in writing, that's not it. You know, they're not interested. Like, I don't know. I was interested in Axel Laurence, interesting rider, but um, <laughs> I don't know. He's he kind of done well in a harder race, like a Britannia Classic, where Delete, incidentally, I think finished shoulder by shoulder alongside him. I, I, the answer is I don't know, and I kind of agree, Benji. Alperson don't have seven riders better than Axel Laurence, I don't think, for this, but they also... He's not better than the other three leaders that they have, yeah. plus Hermans. Um, so who knows? Uh, how do you rate Van der Poel coming to this? Like, bah. he did MSR off no racing last year, right? And it was yeah, fine. but that's difficult to say because last year we didn't see Matt races beforehand. Now we saw Matt form in advance to this race. So yeah. I've, I don't have high hopes for Van der Poel, but if there's one race where you don't need to be your best self to get over these two climbs and be in the front group, it's probably MSR, I would say. I think he could drop on the Chipressa. It's possible. Like Pitcock did last year, yeah. right? Yeah. That was on the Capos. We probably won't... What, will he drop yeah. on the Capos? <laughs> <laughs> you drop on the Capos and something's wrong. But yeah, I think um, you are going to go full gas. And if you're a little bit off, and he dropped from a group of 30 in yeah. Tirreno, uh, well, steeper, but it, but he also could win. Um, and also, if he can stop Van Aert winning, you know, that gives you huge, that gives you wings uh, as well. Yeah, certainly for him, that's for certain. Now, a team we've spoken about a tiny bit in contexts is Lotto Destiny. We've spoken about Caleb Bjorn, we spoke about Arnaud de Lee. What do you believe that dynamic will be? Because those riders are fairly similar in their goals here in getting over the Pajo with the first group as is their goal. With the second group, if there's like one or two attackers of the front and hope that it closes down and sprint for the victory. But what if they both get over the Pajo in a group of like 10? Because if then someone starts attacking the group, like a certain Kranderson, if Vanderpool's not there or something, what will Lotto do? Because someone would have to pace for one of them to win. And if they bet on the others, they're going to have the same scenario as other years where Ewan is going to be fighting for the second place. Ewan and the Lee, I'd rate their sprint in like a fresh sprint relatively similar. I think that the Lee has a better chance of... I don't know. It's very difficult, eh? Because they, they, they're going to want the exact same thing. They're going to want the sprint for the victory. Will one of them offer themselves up for the other? I fear that... The Lee will likely have to offer up chances faster than Ewan will have to from a team's perspective. I would, I think the Lee has a much bigger chance of going with a group of five that have kicked yeah. away because he is so punchy and can climb pretty well. And so, first of all, obviously, you know, you want to get both over the Chipressa. I think the Lee is more likely to get over the Chipressa. I think he's more likely to go with the group of five. De Lee, if he goes with Van Aert, Van der Poel, Pagatra, Alaphilippe. Uh, let me think. If he goes with Pog, he should work 50-50 or Alaphilippe 50-50. If it's, a, if it's a group of three of those guys with a Van Aert or Van der Poel, I think he should sit on or at least barely pull because he has you in behind. Um, but isn't their biggest weakness the positioning? Because in sprints, we see their positioning being doctored most of the time where... 
it's not just the lead out there. It's also when it comes to Pyrenees, I went through every single sprint that the lead did. And a lot of it was him not having the assertiveness to fight for wheels, him not really knowing what to do in certain scenarios, whether he needs to follow a certain sprinter, whether he just sits in the middle of the pack going to a roundabout and so forth. I fear that positioning might be the issue that leads them to a bad position on the Pajo with the Leaf, for example, and that might make him non-competitive afterwards. Yeah, I think there's a definite possibility he enters Poggio in about 100th wheel uh, if it's a big group. And that's going to, you can't do anything from there. To be honest, if they're in a group together after the Poggio, Trenton, I think, attacked Ewan when he was on Mitchelton yeah, ages yeah, ago. Yeah. And, um, and Nibley won. That's right. Um, Trenton got caught in a Chaspatat. And if he just pulled the group behind, Ewan would have won Milan San Remo. Um, Delee should lead out Ewan. Because Ewan leading out Delee is <laughs> good luck, that <laughs> like, not that helpful. I don't think. So. I want to so see I'm it. Just, I want to. I'm see not it. saying Ewan's better than Delee. I'm just saying how the two fit together if they're in a group. Um, <laughs> Caleb Ewan doing a lead out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be pretty good. Um, or you could have Delee marking moves and then going with them like Sarah and Crow, whatever. But yeah, I think, I, I think it's it's a good thing to bring both of them. Um, Ewan's good for this race. He's actually in decent shape. Uh, so the positioning is going to be the huge, huge issue. Like they, who have they got? They have Frison, Enkhorn, he's okay. Guarnieri, like they need Enkhorn to get over the Chipressa with them, Benji. Yeah, I think that will happen. Because Guarnieri and Frison won't. Exactly. He should. And who else can you really have in that team that gets over there? Sweeney. Sweeney? Mm. Bitek Adam Yates? Another good Adam Yates. <laughs> in Europe, at least. I'm looking at the team now. Who can get over that? Monique, Van yep, Hills. For certain. Van Moor. Uh, Kroon. They got riders that should be able to get over that in a group of 25. Kroon for uh, including certain. Including Sweeney. Kron could actually get over the Pajo if he's in position. But then again, if you need to get everybody in position on the Pajo with Lotto, most of them won't. Yeah. I know we always say, we always say, oh, he can get over. But in the end, like, the Pajo yeah. can be really selective <laughs> yeah. um, when the top guys really do their sprint. So, anyway, I think Lotto actually got a decent chance to win a big race here. Lovestar got Aaron Baru, the Guru, and Garcia Cortina. They'll be in group two. They'll come eighth and tenth. Um, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> come on. Wait, wait, That's wait, best wait, case. Wait, 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 wait. Best case? Can we talk about he the history? One year. One year? Did you say Astana. one year? He, did, he got seventh on 2021. Mm. He got seventh in 2020. Mm. And I think that's it. Mm, on a starter when he was good 13th in 2022 i think that he's gonna get <laughs> ninth this year I don't put him. so 8th and 10th for garcia cortina and aaron Baru. ninth uh ninth okay <laughs> worse than eighth um cavendish is there with astana kazakhstan Good luck to him. By the way, uh, can we just like respect <laughs> on the name? Aram Buru was the one closing Pogacha's attacks in the headwind last year, eh? Once? He was actually, yeah. When Wow yeah. opened the door and yeah, turned his back, it was him. I mean, you should have a word. <laughs> I, Alex, well, we, we know you're good. We're a big supporter of your work and efforts. Well, the so last time I tried to contact Aramburu... The last time I tried to contact <laughs> yeah, Anaburu to his team, the team blocked me. So <laughs> oh, that's Nova Star now. They're they're nice. Um, yeah, they're friendly. Um. Anyway, that's them. DSM. Look out for Meyerhofer. He could surprise. He won Cadellavan's Road Race, which is more sort of technically harder than uh, here. I w won't say that the start list was better, but you know Australian races are pretty good. He's there with <laughs> Dinamechov, Vermarker. Stork, Degenkolb, Bittner, but Marhofer could look okay. Israel need points badly, so Nitzel and Strong should just do their best. Demar's won before. No Gadu. Um, Kung should be here, right? Make it. Pardon? Kung should be in this race, right? Yeah, why not? Why not? Doesn't matter what. 
Madawas should be definitely. And yep. Lillard. Gregoire? Gregoire too, yeah. I like like Gregoire. Uh Binny. Binny Binny. He's here with Turnison. He has last year he came twelfth. He was in group one, but he couldn't he couldn't jump yeah. with the best of them on the Poggio. I see something similar. His climbing in Torreno actually disappointed me a little bit. I didn't expect him to win those stages. He just dropped earlier than I expected. Yep, I agree there on the Totoretto climb. I feel like he he dropped earlier than I expected. I I was expecting him to be more in the peloton on the first of those Totoretto climb, the second, whatever, the one that Alaphilippe tagged, but he was already dropping there. So, I don't know. I... I feel like it's going to be sprinting for a leftover position for Binyam. And the, the reason I'm thinking that is not solely that his climbing is not good enough in that sense to be with the best over the Pajo. But I also fear that Binyam needs a teammate over the Pajo to have any chance of winning. And I I don't know about Turnison, but his positioning last year wasn't great. And in sprint so far, they haven't really worked together very well. So I don't see that happening. I don't see two of them getting over the... The but then again, do they have other riders? Because we're talking about two relatively confirmed riders for this race. Rota. Horsens? Pistrum, your Cadell. He was good in Cadells. Rui he Costa should be in this oh, race. fucking hell, Rui Costa. Yeah, he, can he win this? He can win this. <laughs> Jesus. I, I don't think so. <laughs> Costa can um, win Sanremo. Come on. No, he, no, he can't. No, he, he can he'll, in the he'll sense kick that up he, on the Poggio get dropped. He can be that guy that attacks on the flat after the Poggio, and the rest look at each other. Nah, too small. <laughs> you gotta be is big. he? Is he too small? You gotta be. You gotta be a powerhouse to do that. Like Pidcock, you think Pidcock can't do that? Even though, of course, he has more was per kilo than a Sturvin or whatever. But you gotta be. Super powerhouse, but I man, think, for that move to work. If we forget the context, he did the same at the World Championships. True, yeah. If we forget forget the average weight of the competitors. <laughs> and the fact that Fulverde and Rodriguez were riding against each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe, maybe. Uh, Trudor will want to impress. I don't really know who that is. Bell is the Bell only break. thing they can do. Okay. Uh, and Lecoq's been in good shape, but he won't make it. Renard's 24. Benjamin Tomara thought had a little issue recently. DNF Paranese. I think we've, we're have at the bottom of the world. It's time for picks. Pardon? Young and talented Frenchman? Oh, he's Angler. Yeah, he's, yeah, of course. He should top 10. Yeah. <laughs> Is he be here even? I don't know. He should be. Yeah. I mean, in theory, he'll be good. Same with Louvel and even Bargiers. You know, he, he could make group one. So many guys can be in the 15. It's, there is such a big difference in the capability to be in the group of 15, 17 that yeah. finish within 50 seconds and to really be contesting the win. It is a huge gap. And that being said, lots of... I mean, why is Fred Wright not here? I mean, he might be. He should be. Yeah. And Zambonini, I'd like to see here too. As well, uh, Wright's done MSR once before in 21, but he wasn't as good then, so maybe he'll be here. But he also might be preparing for the big classics, the other classics. It's time for picks, Benji. Well, I was just gonna say, three riders that will drop on the Chipres are Cavendish, Bennett, and Sagan, right? Mm, Why are they here, yes. Cavendish and Bennett? Sagan, I understand. Um, where is Turgi? I think is he injured? Where is Turgis? I don't know. He crashed again in Omlope, did he not? He crashes a lot, doesn't he? Well, he crashed in Omlok. Well, he crashed and then he fell over the other rider's back wheel, <laughs> yeah. remember? He crashed trying to do a piss last year. I mean, he came second last year. He mu- I think he must be doing this race. Um, yeah, he has to. He must be. They don't have, you know, Dries van Hestel's nice and all, but yeah, I think Turgis would, you'd expect to be here. For them, anyone but else? Picks. Demar- uh, oh yeah, picks, picks. Um, you go first. Why do you do this to me? I would I tr- pick at you because I didn't know yet, and now you throw picks at me because I don't know yet. That's a big I've that's a big no no. And my friend, come on, <laughs> I've had gets knife. Yeah, you had enough time to that. think. I've had enough time to think. Oh, it's your turn. Laporte. <laughs> really? I'm gonna pick Laporte for every classic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you now, every single race, I'm gonna pick Laporte. That's going to be a really boring pick section in there for you podcast, that's for sure. But um, 
I will say that I believe the winner is going to be I don't know. Um, I'm going to go for one of the favorites. I'll be boring. It's more, way more likely that we'll see like a, a rider like a certain Anderson or uh, who are the other riders, like a Ganna, for example, riding away after the Pajo. I don't think so. I I'm going to go for so. Pogacar. I, knew, well, I mean, we, I, I, you hummed and hawed to pick Pogacar. Come on. It's just like, you're going to pick him in five seconds. I think it's going to be a Pogacar. sprint between Van Aert, Pogacar and Van Der Poel. Like I picked Laporte, but most likely and a fourth outcome, rider. Who is the Michael Pogacar Gogol of this race? <laughs> um, oh, Piccolo, <laughs> Piccolo. Seriously, um, I think Pagatra and UAE get it more right this year with the team they have. He launches deeper onto the Poggio. He gets a group of four or five. Yeah, but they go to the finish, and it's a sprint. Who rides in that group? Will Van Aert ride with Pogacar and Van der Poel? Yeah. Should he? Not like... He shouldn't do more than his fair share. Yeah. But... Yeah, I think he... Because, like, the group comes back, Benji, and then attacks start flying, he's fucked. Unless he has three teammates there. Take a 25%, 35% chance in the sprint. It's a good, it's a good chance. And who's going to win the sprint in the second group? Also important, eh? Oh, true. Heinrich Hausler? Nah, probably... Um... <laughs> Hausler? Is he here? Is, is he alive? He hasn't raised any raise, right? All year? I think Magnus Court will win the sprint in the second group. I think the Lee wins the sprint in the second group. Ah, uh, that's a better pick than Court. Okay. Or Demar. No, no. Oh, he climbed okay. well in Paranese too. It's, it's a great race. It's impossible to predict. It's like it has so many different outcomes... It could just be a big old sprint. I very much doubt it with the tailwind and UAE's team comprised of Mark Cavendish out of nowhere. Imagine. Imagine. I checked. He didn't win Milano Torino. Just finished while we were watching. Um, well, recording. But yeah. Milano Sanremo, let us know down below who you think will win. Definitely the best race to get some Zwift time done while you're watching on GCN+. And we'll see you, I believe, with the recap on Saturday. Until then, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 